Hey y'all, welcome back to The Undelivered. One time, about six years ago, I attended a wedding with today's guest. I've actually had the privilege of being at a few weddings with her, but this one stands out the most and for good reason. We'd made it to the reception, the dance floor was full, the band was jamming, and this tiny little blonde firecracker next to me is just having the time of her life. She is dancing and singing, tossing her hair back, jumping on the beat, and closing her eyes to fully soak in the moment of just being alive. She turns to me, giggles, and shouts over the band, The dumber you look, the more fun you'll have. (laughs) And she's so right. She's so right. The dumber you look, the more fun you do have. And that is Mary Beth Baldwin. Mary Beth is beautiful. She is an animal lover, an avid reader, marathon runner, wife, friend, daughter, and a professional. But she isn't a mom, and she never will be. That shouldn't come with a sadness so much as just being a piece of information about her. It's just a fact. She and her husband, Billy, have chosen a childless life. A few hours after we recorded this episode, Mary Beth called to say that she'd left something out, and I hope I can relay the message here as well as she could have told it herself. She recalled the moment that her decision to never be a mom settled in with absolute permanency. She was waiting alone in her car while her husband, Billy, was getting a vasectomy. Sorry, Billy. And she remembered feeling not exactly sad because they knew that it was what they wanted. They knew that it was the right thing to do. But the permanency, the no going back, the solid closing of a door, it still stung a little. She would never see her husband as a father, and he would never watch her become a mom. And they were sealing their fate. There were no regrets, but rather a bittersweetness hung in the air just for a minute, and she knew that by the time they came home, there would be no more questions. But she still allowed herself to hang in that little tiny bit of moment of grief. Because even if we know without a doubt that we are on the right path, doing the right thing, resting in our truth, we can still sit in our car and cry. You can still say yes and grieve the no. Here's our conversation with Mary Beth. All right. Welcome back to The Undelivered. I think this will technically be episode three of season three. Um, I am Bailey Henry. Thank you for being here. I have with me my beautiful and maternal co-host, Ashley P. Worthington. (laughs) Ashley P. Worthington with a baby on her knee who's pooping. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. As we speak. (laughs) Yeah. So if y'all hear that. Sorry. Sorry about it. Move along. Um, Yeah. We have, (laughs) I'm so excited about today's episode. I have loved this person from afar for a long time. And, um, I'm excited to hear her story and I'm so excited to unpack really, really just digging our teeth into womanhood, motherhood, and otherhood. Mary Beth Baldwin. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank y'all for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. Um, we are going to go down. I don't want to call it a rabbit hole, but I am interested to unpack what it looks like and feels like for someone to make that decision that they don't want to have children. They don't want to be a mother, how people, especially in Mississippi, uh, mm-hmm. react to someone making such a bold stance, Mary Beth, why don't you just shave your head instead? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that might be next, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just start at the beginning and I'm so 
interested to hear um, how your life has unfolded because you do have a beautiful life, a full life, a rich life. You're a good friend and a good dancer and a good dog mom and a fast runner. Um, and I think other people would still think that you're lacking something because you've made that choice to not have children. So let's just start there. You're not lacking anything, are you? I personally do not feel that I'm lacking anything. Um, I'm maybe not the same kind of tired as everybody else, but I'm tired. I don't have enough time in the day. I um, have things I want to do that I can't. I still have to get, we have five dogs. I still have to get a babysitter to travel. I, um, you know, we still have to buy groceries for both of us. There's so, there's so many things that people think um, about a life without kids that are not accurate. And there's a lot of things that are accurate. You know, we have the freedom to do a lot of things that other people probably don't maybe at a certain season in life, but maybe not forever. But, um, you know, that's, that's the choice we made and we're happy with it. And we've had to fight through other people's perceptions and opinions and, um, advice and, um, advice, <clears throat> unsolicited <laughs> advice, I'm unsolicited, sure. <laughs> un, um, unwelcomed, <laughs> unwelcomed. I don't like to say ignorant because I use the term ignorant and being uninformed and uneducated. Other people use it as calling people stupid or dumb. I, um, but a lot of people are ignorant, especially like Bailey said in Mississippi and in the South in general, um, yeah. to know that, you know, what my husband, which my husband's name is Billy, but uh, what Billy and I do and the decisions we made, people are ignorant to that. And um, I'm happy to have this to uh, hopefully give a voice to somebody else who feels the same way. Yeah. And I know this is kind of like um, a weird topic, I think, for me and Bailey to be covering since everything we've talked about up until this point has kind of been pregnancy, fertility issue, you know, but this is part of that otherhood that we're really trying to just give a voice and let other women, not, not everybody's going through infertility, not everybody wants kids. And so hopefully this will resonate with somebody, especially maybe if they're younger and they're like, I don't think I really want kids. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe you can have some solid words of advice for them. Um, so yeah. Okay. That's all I had to say. <laughs> so in the same sense, you know, I think that a lot of people know when they're young, they're playing with baby dolls, they're playing house, they're pretending they're daydreaming. You sort of daydreamed of the opposite. Like you knew at a very young age when you were still kind of a child yourself that you didn't want kids. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about that. I, I mean, it's not like I was walking around at seven years old being like, I'm never going to be a mom. You know, I played mash and I did the circles and I was going to marry Brad Pitt oh. and live in a shack and have two point <laughs> five kids and three dogs, you know, but there, you know, I, I never played with baby dolls. Like I didn't want baby dolls. I wanted Barbies and the cars and the purses. And, um, if that makes me sound materialistic, so be it. But, right. um, <laughs> because now I still want the cars and the, and the, um, and the bags and the shoes and everything else. But, uh, no, I just never, um, I never looked at that as something I wanted. And the older I got, of course I dated guys that were like, I want kids. And, you know, I said, I said, sure, me too, you know, this and that. And 
those are those young, you know, those young loves, those first loves that you think if that's what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to date and then you, you know, get married and then you have kids and then you get a dog and whatever else the uh, procession of things may be. But, um, you know, I got to a certain point where I would, I would say those things and my mom would go, Mary Beth. And she'd look at me like, really? Like you're going to change your mind? No, she's, she, well, I said it one time and she goes, "Mm, you don't want to have kids. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. Oh, so your mom, um, like she knew. How interesting of her to pick up on that. Oh, she, we had to talk about this even after, um, it was like one of those late night back porch, uh, fire pit conversations. And she said, she always knew, she said, I, in her words, she said, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a mom. That's all I ever wanted to do. She said, you have never put off that vibe or talked about. Wow. And so that's why I think I've always had it in me or, or not had it in me, however you want to phrase that. Um, and of course other life things have come along that have kind of reinforced my decision, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've never, so never did, had she, that. did she pick up on that before you kind of like accepted, like, this is, this is my decision and I'm going to say it. Did your mom pick up on that? I believe so. We've never really like talked about a timeline or anything, but I do know when, um, when my husband was go cause we, we lost my dad, uh, it'll be 12 years ago in April. But when my, say when my husband was going to talk to my mom to, you know, have the whole, can I marry your daughter conversation? She said, I need you to know that Mary Beth doesn't want kids. And he said, it's okay. We've talked about it. And she was like, but I, I need you to know He's that like, Mary Beth for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, that's it. That's, yeah. I said for real, for real. And he was like, it's okay. I don't want them either. And she, she was like, all right, when are we doing this? You know? So, um, I don't know when, but I know that she's, she probably knew before I was mature enough to know that that's what I was feeling. When would you say, like, if you could pick, pick an age where you feel comfortable knowing that that was the decision that you had made and it wasn't just like a, okay, I might change my mind later. Like how old were you when you were finally, when you finally did decide I a hundred percent do not want kids? I, you know, I'm really bad, I'm really bad at years and ages, but, uh, I would guess to say probably somewhere between 25 and 27, probably because it was, it was before, uh, I met my husband because I recall a very specific conversation I was having with one of my very best friends, uh, then and now, and we were talking about, you know, life and marriage and kids and, Neither one of us were dating anybody, but, you know, of course we thought that everybody wanted to date us and I mean, why not, you know? Uh, so we were talking about it and I remember we were driving and I said, um, I said, you know, I don't think I want to have kids. And I kind of whispered it like that. I was like, I don't think I want to have kids. And she looked at me and she went, I don't think I do either. And I said, I said, that's the first time I've said that out loud. And she went, me too. And so that was kind of validating in that she felt the same way and I mean and she still does she is married um and has two stepkids who she loves dearly and you know but she's you know she still had her choice and made her choice of not having kids as well and we talk about that still but I would say that was the first time I'd probably already accepted it but I had not said it out loud because I just feel like that's such a I did feel like that was such a you know a taboo thing that was going to be my next question is if when you were kind of sort of 
trying to figure all this out, if that was an interpersonal struggle for you to not that there's anything wrong with not wanting kids, but when you're raised, I think the way that we all were in the deep South, like, did you ever feel like, because you didn't have that desire that something like that, something was wrong with you. Like you were scared to say it out loud or you were scared to come to that realization because Right. Because how so interesting when she said it, she felt she had to whisper it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like it was wrong for you to not have those feelings. I don't know that I was, it's so hard to go and like tap back into that. Cause of course I, I wasn't trying to process it at the time, you know? Right. Um, I don't know that I was scared, but I guess on some level I was, because like you said, I did whisper it, but I think it was more mm. or less like, oh my I'm on, you know, I'm the outcast, uh, uh, which has never bothered me before. Let's be real. Uh, um, <laughs> never really cared what other people think about me, but I think that's just such a huge, huge part of everybody's life and what everybody expects your neighbor and your cousin and your little sister to do. So I think it was, um, I don't, I don't like sounding like I'm, you know, making myself bigger than whatever, but I was the first person I've ever known to say that first person in my generation in my close circle to say that, because there are people in my family that don't have children. I've never had the conversation, um, of those decisions and everything. Cause I believe that's personal and I'm very outspoken about mine. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I probably went off on a little bit of a tangent there. I don't know that I felt inferior or, um lacking by any means I just think it was very unheard of to feel the way I felt at the time I felt that way at least I felt that it was unheard of yeah so I want to touch on something that you referenced before we started recording which I think I would because I'm a very visual and I'm just picturing young Mary Beth and young Billy y'all are dating and you're sort of going through all the boxes and and y'all knew pretty fast when you started dating that there was something there so how refreshing was it or exciting or validating or a peaceful connection was it to say hey I don't think I want kids and he responded totally cool I don't want them either yeah that was really awesome I um we had actually that could have really gone the other way (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) like And it, you know, it probably has, it's probably a conversation in there somewhere that I don't remember, but, uh, with him, it was, you know, we, we had met earlier in life and had not connected in that way. And then we reconnected later on in life and started dating. And it was really, really fast that we both, you know, knew that there, like Bailey said, that there was something there and we were texting one night and just going, you know, not, we weren't like, let's talk about this. We were just, um, you know, talking about religion and our views on divorce and, you know, just all of, you know, the major things, you know, in, in life. And I said, I said, I want you to know that I don't want children. And if that's, you know, if that's a deal breaker for you, let's, let's just, you know, call it, call it even right now. And this was fun. And his, his reply, (laughs) thanks for the three weeks. Um, His his reply was funny. You should mention that. I don't want him either. And of course, to me in that moment, I was like, is he just saying this to uh, try to get with me, you know? Uh, But no, I mean, we went, we, we dove in on that um, conversation 
and of course continue to talk about it and yeah it felt really really cool to you know know that I was feeling the same way as him about you know what where we wanted to go with this but then also that we were matching up and aligning on a lot of our views and how we wanted marriage and life to be and you know that's a funny comment we get all the time which um I'm sure we're going to talk about this uh later but people always say well isn't that awesome that y'all y'all found each other well yeah it is cool you know it, it's it's fine that we found each other but well that's really neat did y'all know, did y'all talk about that before I'm like no nope. do, do you talk about finances before you got married <laughs> you talk about whether you wanted to live in Mississippi or Seattle like yeah you we talked about it it's yeah. a pretty pretty big life decision Right. Oh my gosh. I wish you could it. respond to these people and just say, no, you know what? We found each other on a website called rejects who don't want kids. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Like that's how we yeah. met. Yeah. God. Okay. So, and I know we've kind of touched on this too. People, I think they look at how long you've been married, a lot of dogs and your age, and they assume that you have fertility problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, we were, it's funny you say that we were at dinner the other night and I was the, my friend that was sitting next to me. Um, I was like, I said, I'm doing this thing next week. And I started telling her about this and she said, oh, okay. And we, I mean, I've known her for years and she said, um, she said, oh, so that, you know, y'all made that choice. And I said, yeah. And she said, okay. She said, I just never knew, but I'm not going to ask because that's rude. Good for said, her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, but, um, yeah, no, uh, people have, it's so funny because I think unless you've been touched by, whether it be personally or a family member or a close friend, whether you've been touched by the, if somebody's struggle with infertility, you, you know, not to ask that question. Um, so, it, I mean, it's a, probably a 50, 50 split of people. I mean, there's probably like, just like her, there's probably people out there that think we are infertile or struggling, or, you know, every time we, you know, go through a problem would get another dog you know I don't know what people think but uh we do get a lot of good comments about our dog choices (laughs) do you find when people do have something to say is it people more of like the older generation or is it mixed it's mixed it's uh obviously it is a lot of the older generation and what I do I travel and I I visit with a lot of people that you know I've never met before and they say, you know, so are you married? You know, it's always tell me about yourself. Are you married? Do y'all have kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're, you're, you're still young. There's time, yep. you know, and I, yeah, burst that off. I don't know them. They don't know me, you know, but I mean, the sweet little ladies at church back home, when Billy and I got married, they would ask mom, are they going to have kids immediately? Or are they going to wait? And mom would say, you know, just to be polite. Well, maybe they're, they're not having, they can't have kids. She would say they can't have kids. No, she said they're not having kids. And she, oh, well, will they adopt? And mom said she finally just got to where she was like, they can't have children. Oh, well, there's all, you know, and then they would come up with these other solutions for us. So, but then our, you know, our friends, it's very, well, I didn't like kids either until I had my own. I'm like, I never, I never said I didn't like kids. I said <laughs> I don't want kids. Now, <laughs> do I, do I always like kids? No. Uh, but you know, I love all of my friends, kids and I love my nieces and nephews and everything, but a lot of our people, our age don't understand it. But now that they're kind of on the other side of 
most of our friends' kids aren't newborns anymore. They're in that older, uh, you know, I don't really know, two to seven range probably. And some of them now will look at us and go, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, but still, that's not even, that's, you know, that's still not an agreement because right. just because you're annoyed and lack of sleep, that's still not the reason we made the choice. But, right. right. Lord, interesting. I really, I mean, I was at a family function earlier this weekend and I heard, you know, a few people asking my, some of my husband's like younger cousins, you know, heard comments. And I'm just like, oh, it makes me, it makes me cringe every time because you do, you never know if somebody can't, if somebody doesn't want to, if, I mean, it is such a personal thing and I'll die on the hill. I have lots of hills. Me and Bailey have lots of hills we will die on, but I will die on the hill of like, if you don't know this person well enough to, to already just like know that answer, then you shouldn't be asking. I completely agree. And you saying that makes me laugh because so Billy and I, I guess we had, I guess we were just engaged um, because it was my first Baldwin Thanksgiving to go to and when I say there's a lot of people at this thing there's a lot of people mm-hmm. at this thing like they have to wear name tags they don't know who belongs to who Billy's oh my like, god I mean oh there's 150 plus of them and oh it's a big family and I come from a family with two cousins so yeah <laughs> um so we're we're on the way there and he we're getting close and he leans over and he's like babe so yo he said I just want to let you know all of my other cousins have had, had have had girls and I was like okay and he just looked at me and I went shit and it hit me that there I said that that there's been no boys to carry on the Baldwin name oh. and I looked at him and I said surely they're not going to say anything he went I wouldn't hold your breath and we walked in and I mean oh, no. man the first I was putting my name tag on and somebody was like we're counting on y'all oh god no pressure and I, oh I, I, said, and I was like okay nice to meet you thanks for having me <laughs> um, so we always we always joke that um uh, we're we're killing off two generations in one marriage because I was an only <laughs> child sweet and you know all of his other cousins have had girls so we are we are well, you know what them. that's their fault that's not your fault that's their fault <laughs> <laughs> the the lineage stops with us, you guys. Oh man. Okay. Okay. All right. So I mean, you know, I hate when people put the pressure on women. Well, God, you're just gonna let your whole family tree just die and burn. What kind of heartless woman are you, Mary Beth? Because I don't think men get the same question, but that's a good point. Um, yeah, and I it's like I said, it's funny because, you know, we, we laugh about it, but it is true. Uh, and to clarify, I know I did say I have nieces and nephews. My brother and my sister are half brother and sister, but we've always just grown up super close. So not to confuse anybody with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the, but, and then also on his, and not saying like, I'm not demonizing one side of the family and, you know, making the other side sound, sound good, but the other side of the family we went to something for that and I said are they gonna say anything and he said no he said he named two cousins he said they really struggle to have a child so no one here will ask us about it 
And so that's, that's a perfect um, example of absolutely being two sides. You have one mm-hmm. very fertile side and one very, you know, one side that is a little questionable. So no, I get that for sure. Um, Ashley, go ahead with your question. And then I have another. Oh, I was just going to ask. So, okay. Do you and your husband have the same reasoning for not wanting kids? Like, are y'all, I know y'all are on the same page as far as like, y'all don't want kids, but did he arrive to that decision the same way you did? Or is there like, are there any stories there we can talk about? Uh, you know, he's, he's a man of few words, that one. So, <laughs> no, um, that feels like, <laughs> uh, so no, he's never really had any stories for me. Um, it was, it's more or less that neither one of us really wanted that. And I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or, you know, being negative about parenthood, but neither one of us when you want us one of that responsibility, we didn't want to raise yeah. a human, you know, we didn't want to bring a child into this world because other people thought we should, mm-hmm. um, and have to, I mean, you're, you're in it for life, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a, <laughs> not a lighthearted commitment there. And I think we both, we're both very on the same page as far as that. Like, that's just not something we wanted. Yeah. Okay. call it selfish, call it, you know, whatever you want, but I don't think mm. it's selfish. I think it would be more selfish to know that, to like, to know that you have those feelings and then just to bring a child into the world for the sake of making other people happy. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be more selfish. I agree. I agree. So I guess to sort of keep digging deeper into where you find or rather, where other people find your value as a woman. Because certainly in the South, we put so much pressure on motherhood and being a good mother and being so self-sacrificing. You lose yourself in your kids. Um, and while part of that is noble and runs a very dangerous line of being like all-consuming, right? Like a woman still needs to hold on to who she is. Where do people, I guess, they assume that you're heartless or selfish or, um, I guess, what am I trying to ask? Like, do they invalidate you? Yeah. Invalidate your decision and then don't see you as a full woman because on the same coin, different side, people have done that to me for infertility. You're not valid until you, you give birth, right. As, as a full and complete woman. Which I have a sail, a mouth of a sailor, but I think that is horse shit. Number one, <laughs> you can um, have the mouth of a sailor here. That's fine. <laughs> well, I've tailored myself a little bit. Um, I think that's horse shit. I think that is absolutely, um, the most ignorant and rude assumption you can have about anybody, uh, especially towards you and not necessarily about myself um I'm a huge I can get really angry really fast I'm a huge advocate for infertility people because I'm the one that will stand up and tell you I don't want them but you need to shut the hell up because my friend can't so Mm. I can get real uh real (laughs) fired up real quick about that uh as far as womanhood I don't know that I mean people probably think a lot of things that they don't say out loud to me 
but I do feel that sometimes I, I feel that I'm less of a grown-up if that makes sense mm-hmm. that oh that's interesting though yeah I feel that like that people you know conversations will be had and stuff and I find sitting back and y'all bond and talk and share your poop stories and whatever else you need to <laughs> but I'm gonna sit there and smile and nod until there's something I can talk about with you or join the conversation but it and then you know weekends are surrounded by baseball tournaments and dance recitals and my weekends revolve around whatever it is that I feel like doing that day right Uh, so it makes me feel a little bit because I I mean I live in a college town I work at the same university I graduated from I already kind of feel like I'm a college kid anyway and then you throw in that I'm not a mom it just adds to it I think um and I don't know if that's something I've picked up on and maybe internalized or if that's how people feel no one has ever blatantly made me feel less than a woman but perhaps glad to hear the that. adult yeah so you made this decision whether you knew it or not and how gracious of your mom to sort of validate it for you but you were diagnosed with ms at uh, what around 18 eight diagnosed officially at 18 uh but probably traced back to as young as 15 Wow. Okay. Okay. Tell us about that. How did you, how did you start to realize that something wasn't, wasn't right? Yeah. Um, so what led to my diagnosis was I was having really bad pain and, uh, depth perception issues in my right eye. So I went to the eye doctor and, uh, he's a really good friend of ours, which I'm from a small town. Everybody's a good friend of everybody. <laughs> and he saw something that shouldn't be there. So sent us to get an MRI, had spinal tap, had all the tests done and was diagnosed. Um, but backtracking after the diagnosis, you know, we looked back at things. I had had numbness in my arm before, which they chalked up to a pinch nerve. Mm. I had had uh, numbness in my right foot when I would be active, like I, I ran and played tennis and not numbness in that it's like your foot's asleep and you touch it and you can't feel it numbness in that. Like I don't have any control over it. So it would just be, I call it a floppy fish. It would just do whatever it wanted to. And, uh, had fallen down and hurt myself and was in physical therapy for quite some time over that. But yeah, I've, I've been, I was diagnosed when I was 18 and I'm 35 now, but I've had a really, I guess, blessed journey with that in that I haven't had a whole lot of physical symptoms a lot of my symptoms are um more cognitive and I still am lucky in that sense you know I guess my main physical thing would be fatigue and that that is huge and mental fatigue totally plays into physical fatigue and I'm so thankful that people are starting to talk about this now and I think it's uh an a COVID after afterthought that people are starting to realize that burnout leads to physical symptoms and I'm like hi welcome to my world this is how I feel every day uh, but no, I shouldn't say that every day, but which is, has been a funny part of the, a funny, a funny factor, I guess, of, you know, my stance on having kids because a lot of my grad school research was on, uh, it was, it was on exercise and the effects of the progression on MS. But part of that, I looked into, uh, women with MS and the children and the pregnancy factor and after, after you have the child and 
the different levels of hormones and things that are just happening to your body. So you're really, really healthy when you're pregnant, typically. And I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I should have to make a blanket, state, blanket statement, but I'm not a doctor. This was eight months of research I did. There are probably a million other things out there that suggest otherwise. I'm not saying that a doctor ever told me not to have children. I'm not saying anything like that. But what I read was that a woman who has MS when she's pregnant is very, very healthy because of, you know, just a bunch of different things that are going on. And then after you have the baby, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of people can speak to, you're exhausted and your mm -hmm. body is going through a lot of crazy things. And that just exacerbates any other issues that might be laying below the surface of MS. So once I started reading that, kind of made me wonder, like, okay, was this, was this seed planted a long time ago because of this? Would I have had problems? I don't know, but I didn't make that. I, the, the thought was there before I ever read that research. But, um, you know, that is a, a big thing, you know, and I remember talking to a guy in college one time, we were just, you know, just having a conversation. He was a friend. And I said, uh, I said, you know, MS is so weird in that it's different in everybody. And the severity of the problems is different in everybody. And the types of problems are different in everybody. I don't want to, for my husband to have to take care of me and take care of a child that I may or may not want anyway. So like, I'm not going to invite a man into that situation where you're having to take care of me and also take care of a child that I had because I felt like I didn't have another option. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. I'm like, wrapped up. okay. So that just solidified your decision, but that did not in any way. And yeah, no, no, it's 100%. The decision Sorry. was already made, but that definitely, I don't even want to say validated, but it, it, it was like, hmm, okay. It's just another attack, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. So things with MS, like your, your symptoms will be exacerbated by stress. Yes. Uh, overexertion. Yes. Like so all, mine all the are, things that are with newborns and babies and yes. Mm. Yes. Stress, lack of sleep. So I always joke people, I probably go to, let's be real. I probably go to bed at eight o'clock regardless because I just love being in the bed. I love sleeping. Yes, ma'am. Um, and I hate the dark. <laughs> if the sun's up, I might stay up till nine. Probably not. But sleep is not a sleep is not a um an if for me. Like I have to sleep. And that is, you know, that is something that it is a priority for me to sleep and to rest because almost anything that is going on with me, almost anything that is going on with me can be fixed with a couple of good nights sleep. I'm not a one one night one and done, but you know, heat makes it worse. So, you know, I, I'm a runner. I do not run in the summer. I usually am done running with my running season in April. Um, Interesting. Go ahead. What do you do in the, do you do anything else exercise wise, like in the summer? I, you know, I'll lift weights. I have a, I have a bike. I'll ride the bike. I'll walk inside. Okay. I have treadmill as well. Um, so I do other things, but long distance running is not a summer activity for me yeah especially in mississippi good wow Lord. okay yeah that's super no. interesting okay um so what do you do when you do have a flare like it i guess that's what it's called is it like a flare up that, yeah so yeah. what um, what do you do for that 
luckily I haven't had one in oh god girl eBay I'm not gonna wait for you <laughs> I got this whole desk here I'm just gonna cover it um no I mean I have so there's a but there's you know there's different definitions for a flare-up sometimes if it, it's something that lasts <clears throat> excuse me that lasts over 24 hours sometimes it's uh so anyway I don't want to get into the definition hang on one second <clears throat> sorry you're good so um it just depends uh sometimes it's you know something that lasts 24 hours so I haven't technically had one since 2013 um, oh that's great which is wow. yeah which is really really awesome that's not to say that I don't have you know my my ticket that has hung around for so long when I'm really stressed or really tired or in a situation that I'm just like elevated emotions or something I had this patch right here on my face that goes down to my neck that will tingle and that's kind of like okay you need to calm down or you need to go to bed or you need to walk away or whatever it may be and that rarely stays for very long but um I, there's you know I mentioned cognitive uh there's some cognitive things like memory and I know everybody struggles with memory and losing my words people that happens to everybody but so that's another tricky thing about MS is that you know I could get sick tomorrow and it could be because I was around someone who was sick yesterday or it could be because I'm having you know it's just you never know you never know is my memory bad because I'm 35 and I don't have to remember anything anymore because I have technology at my fingertips that reminds me to do everything who knows mm -hmm. or is it because I have a cognitive de deficit because I haven't missed there's it's just it's just a toss-up I could I could see how that could happen for sure tell me about like your lifestyle do you obviously you exercise so you're healthy in that aspect is there do you like eat clean are there certain things that you avoid to try to like keep everything at bay this is not a good timing for this question um <laughs> well yeah it's a terrible time because it's like it's the holidays for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, on a good day, I, I try to avoid dairy. I try to avoid gluten because those are triggers for me. That's not, you know, an overall thing for MS. I do try to eat healthy. I try to, you know, always have, you know, I try to not do a lot of carbs, but I'm not, I'm not bashing carbs and I'm not, you know, carb free and all that. I try to lay off the sugar. Granted, I will eat, I will never pass up a donut and I will never pass up a cookie. Mm -hmm. but I try to, you know, I don't, I went through, a, you know, I went through the same college and COVID and everything in between period with, with drinking, with, you know, your nightly glass of wine and everything else. I've really pulled that back, uh, this year, just trying to check in with, you know, I'm really, I'm always one that wants to like buck society, obviously that's why we're here. Uh, but I've started getting really annoyed with how everything revolves around alcohol. So that wasn't even really a decision in relation to my MS. That was something else, but I can't tell a difference, you know, because I have, I have tremors in my hands that I take medicine for. And I don't know if not drinking as much has helped because I have it regardless, but you know, it's just different things. Um, I do try to stay active. I've not been very diligent lately, but I always know in the back of my mind that I need the muscle mass. I need the muscle tone because I want to keep, you know, I want to keep that baseline so that, you know, 10 years down the road, I'm not looking back and wishing I would have done something differently. Hmm. I, need so you I work out for different tomorrow. reasons. 
I need you to call me tomorrow and tell me. <laughs> I need you to call me tomorrow up. right now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. We got like way off subject. I'm just so interested. Well, I have a question that sort of, I guess, would lead, could be MS related, could be childless by choice related. Have you found that people are more comfortable inserting themselves to fix like, oh, you might not want kids now, but you'll like them when you have them, or you're going to regret that later or X, Y, Z also with your MS, like, oh, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. Like, what are people more brazen to speak on? for your situation or both maybe definitely children I, I I don't really talk and this is just a personal choice and it's not that I'm embarrassed or ashamed or anything I don't really talk about my mess with people because I'm also I'd rather show you what I can do before you associate a weakness with me I'm, I'm that kind of person. Like, I'll tell you if you need to know, but if you don't need to know, like I'm not walking, but I mean, I have it on my Instagram. I share things about that. Right. It's not like I'm hiding it, but that's just not something that, you know, if I get sick or I'm having something, I'm like, oh, oh sorry, I've got MS. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not that kind of person. So I would definitely say the children, but that might be because I'm more outspoken. Right. So I guess back to that and, and I want, this conversation to go wherever you want it to go. Cause I want you to have this platform to, I guess, sort of be a leader for people who are childless by choice in the South, you are young and capable and you made this decision because you wanted to make this decision. What's one thing that you would love if people just knew to not ask or to not say, or assume about you because you've made this really big decision for yourself in your life? Oh. Oh gosh. Um, way to put me on the spot, girl. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, I don't know that there's one thing I would, I would absolutely say it's nobody's effing business what people do. And it's nobody's business why. And that's true. I don't need, if I, you know, we have a thing in our house. Are we, are we listening? Are we listening to help? Or are we listening to vent? And I'm like, I don't need you to help me. I'm telling you something as a matter of Love fact. This that. Is, <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw that somewhere and I was like, we should try this because, you know, men are fixers and I don't need you to fix my problems. I just need you to let me bitch. And then I'm going to be quiet. It's fine. I just need to get it out. But yeah, I think people need to know when it's time to listen to listen to hear and not listen to fix because I don't need your help and I don't need you to tell me why I'm wrong or why my opinions will change I mean I was 28 when I got married I also didn't get married young in the south Mm -hmm. you know 28 is young 28 is young in New York to get married you know but in Mississippi I was 28 and he was 32 and that's older and people did tell us that well at least y'all are getting married older y'all are already more established you've got already got your opinion set which makes me sad for the people that got married at 22, you know, like, right. Did, did you get, was that part of the thing that you were brought up to do? Granted, um, you know, my brother and his, my brother and his wife got married young. I'm not, and, and he was born to be a dad. I'm not saying that, but you know, it just, it just makes me wonder sometimes if, if people 
persuaded would their life look different interesting I think absolutely I think I think you're onto something there because I think a ton of people that I know that did get married super early I'm pretty comfortable saying at least I mean 50 percent of them are divorced now Hmm. because I I'm not the same person I was when I was 22 hell no or even 25 (laughs) like I got married when I was 28 also so I waited later and thank God I did because if you know me you know the wild ride that that like I have been on, but yeah, I definitely, my mind just went blank. I feel that. No, I mean, and I have a friend who has told me before she, you know, she said, I love my kids. I wouldn't trade them for the world, but some days I wake up and I wish I would have known that I didn't have to have them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not, that's not a bashing and that's fine. She's a great mother. But it's, you know. But but how? Let's let's crack into that. She wished she could have known that she didn't have to have them. No, you don't have to do anything, and that is so refreshing to refreshing <laughs> speak to people like you because you're doing, you're making your own norm. But it's not that unusual. It's not that earth shattering to make that decision. But what I have found in looking at stories like yours and decisions like yours or infertility or just that otherhood, it's the otherhood. It's the other that makes people so uncomfortable because either they do want to jump in and fix it. They do want to jump in and put their own spin on it. Like what they would have done in your situation, or it makes them so uncomfortable because it kind of opens their eyes and they think, man, I could have could I have done that? I could have done the same thing. I could have walked away from an abusive relationship. I didn't have to get married at 19. I didn't have to have these kids with a man that I fell out of love with at 24. Nope. You didn't. Yeah, for sure. Oh man. Does she feel like that every day <clears throat> or like just, Oh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm think sure it was that... just a bad day. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't say. think that she feels that way every day. She is a wonderful mother. And she has three kids and it's, you know, they have, a, they have a great life. But when she I said mean, that, I was like, oh, okay. I, I feel a little bit of that. Not the, I also love my kids, but are there mornings where when, you know, one's crying and just like, oh man, I would love to not get out of bed at all today, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, but, see, and I, Oh, I go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say the the good part of parenting far outweighs the bad for me, but I do know there are there are people who feel that way, and some people whose parenting styles I think show that. So it's good that your friend doesn't doesn't no. show that. <laughs> Absolutely no, she is wonderful. Okay, what were you gonna say when I said lay in bed all day? Well, that's no, that that's that's also funny because um just and I guess I'm kind of jumping around because Bailey told me to say all the things I wanted to say that's right but uh just okay so I already mentioned we have five dogs we had six for a long time and then we lost our mama bear in March but people are so funny about that I told Bailey in an earlier conversation that someone made the comment to me when I said that I don't want children or that we're not having children oh is that why you have like 17 dogs (laughs) <laughs> and, and I said well honestly um I probably have the same amount of dogs if I had kids regardless but also I want to tell people like our dogs are, I mean 
it's just probably feel the same way people feel, uh, feel about their children, but our dogs are good. It's not like if we had two bad ones, we would have added a third. And if the third one was hell on wheels, we would have added a fourth one. It's not like we're like, Ooh, this one sucks. Let's add another one. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, we have a really good thing going, but our life, I still, I, I still have to wake up at five o'clock. I mean, I might can go back to bed a little easier than some people, but I still need, I still have my Starbucks Saturdays where I go get like two hours of being just left the hell alone. They are tyrants and we are going through some discipline issues with one of them right now that Billy and I are literally having to team up and figure out how to fix this. We, I mean, we literally took him to the vet to see if something was wrong. There's not anything wrong. He just has an attitude problem. Um, so it's just. You know, and the when we say dogs or say that how many dogs we have, people the first thing they say back is, "Oh my gosh, y'all must spend a fortune feeding them." And I'm like, "Well, we probably don't spend any less than you do feeding your family of four, Sheila." <laughs> like, I, we're probably spending less than y'all are right now because groceries are ridiculous and dog food is the same. So right, yeah, and ours only eat twice a day. Yours probably eat. You know, it's just it, people are funny about us having dogs, and our friends are very very understanding and respectful of how we feel about our dogs you know mine that I've had before Billy's 15 and he is and some people snub their nose at this but he is my baby and he is my child and I'll get upset talking about it but like another thing about us is like we know that we're gonna lose ours you know Mm. and like we don't have them forever so and I'm not even gonna go down that rabbit hole because I'll start crying and I won't stop but you know, we do get to travel a lot and I'm telling you, finding a dog sitter is not as easy as, as finding a babysitter. And it's a lot more expensive because we have so many and we require a lot of different things because of that. So we're, we don't, it's not a get out of jail free card just because we mm-hmm. don't have them. We still have responsibilities and we still have the same amount of bills and we still have the same structure to our day as most people, it just looks a little different. You know, but I feel like, oh, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Ashley. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like there's this stigma or this like make-believe thing. Like you and Billy don't have kids. Y'all get to go to Mexico on the weekends. You have sex all the time in the kitchen. Like you just, you're just living balls to the wall like you are in college. And it's, you're still 35. You still got grown up things to do. I just think that's a funny assumption that people would make. I think it's annoying that people if people like want to give you hell for, oh, well, y'all have more money, you have more time. I would be like, okay. And if I do, it's because I made that decision. Like, right. Made your decisions. I made mine. Like, don't complain to me about it. Like, this is, this is my life. This is what I chose to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I carry nice bags because (laughs) yeah, people will make comments about my purses. Oh, well, I'd have a nice bag too. If I didn't have kids, I'm like, Go buy yourself a purse. I don't care what you do with your money, but you know, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. So in preparation for this episode, I've watched like some YouTube videos on Ted talks about women who are not, you know, having families by choice. The numbers are growing. You might be alone now, but in the next 10 to 15 years, you won't, this won't be such a hot topic conversation or so taboo. Um, but one of the things in my findings led me to a TikTok video of a woman who realized she was like validating her decision not to have children and she was in therapy and she was talking to her therapist and the therapist said picture a perfect day 
like the absolute most perfect day that you would want to live several times over are our kids in that day where are they in that day and that's when she knew they're they're not the most perfect day that I could live does not involve kids that's awesome isn't that interesting mm-hmm. but yeah Deep question mm-hmm. so um I guess to wrap up, Mary Beth, thank you so much for your time. And one thing in getting ready for this episode in our email, you ended on such a poignant note that I want you to end the episode on as well. And you said, um, people are really, really big about leaving behind legacies, right? You, you have your children to continue a family name or to grow a family tree or to leave your mark on the world. And you said that you and Billy had really given a lot of thought to how you want to leave behind your legacy and your mark on the world without children. And I think people don't think that that's possible, but it is. So how are you and Billy leaving your mark on the world? Uh, Yeah. So to preface that, what I do is um, I'm in development for Mississippi State University. So we raise private support for scholarships and departments and faculty and things like that. So I have a different view of the university than most people, and I'm thankful for that. So all that to say, yeah, when Billy and I were talking about, you know, who are we going to leave our money to? Who are we going to, you know, because we have no kids, so we're going to have a ton of money to leave people, you know? Um, (laughs) And obviously our nieces and nephews are in there, you know, in college tuitions and, you know, all these, all these very practical ideas and plans and, you know, all the, all the boxes have been checked. But what we want to do is, you know, we support the vet school, um, the College of Veterinary Medicine Mm -hmm. at Mississippi State, and we want a very sizable portion of our state to go to the College of Vet Med. And whether that be, Billy has big goals of us winning the lottery and naming the um, entire college, which, well, you know, (laughs) uh, so one can dream that. But, you know, whatever that amount comes out to be, whether it be a scholarship or whether it be able to name a department or however that looks, but that's where our legacy will be. You know, it will be the Baldwin something at Mississippi State University College of Vet Med, uh, because obviously that's where our hearts are as animals and our dogs. And we felt like that was appropriate. Well, and for those For those of you who did not go to Mississippi State or maybe don't even live in the state of Mississippi, the vet program at Mississippi state is like the best in the state. Right. I mean, if there's something wrong, one of the best in the country, right. If there's something wrong with, with your pet, they feel like nobody can figure out like you're going to Mississippi state. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a huge, huge deal. So that, and that's awesome that you, a get to work for the school. You get to give back to your, your pet loving people. I mean, that's, that would, will be an incredible legacy. It's very cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. what else on your soapbox? Yeah. Oh, do you need to say, I don't even know. I think I've kind of complained the whole time. Um, <laughs> I would, I would also, I know I said it, but Billy and I love, love, our nieces and nephews and I will always support somebody being pregnant when they've whether they've struggled with it or not whether they got pregnant the first try or whether it took them five years we are we are always happy for those announcements 
we are always happy for a baby shower. He won't, he will not go to a baby shower. Don't even ask him those couples ones. He's not going, but um, <laughs> we will all, I mean, we're always supportive and happy. We love all of our friends and support all their choices. And I love, you know, having that and being Aunt Mary and Uncle Billy to so many. So don't get, you know, don't get it twisted that we're just like these anti-children people. Children it's just not haters. our choice, but right. we love, we love all of them. And I will always applaud people um, for making their decisions. And I will always stand up for people who are struggling and may not want to talk about that because I have such a unique view of it. So I'm always going to be there for people who have this, who made the same choice as me or people who the choice was made for them. Mm, yeah. Well, this um, has been super interesting. Yeah. I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much. If anybody is listening and they want to connect with you for being childless by choice or even MS, can they, where can they find you? I love that you think I know my, um, your Instagram, your Instagram handle. One second. Is it? Um, I, it's Mary Beth dot Baldwin. Uh, is my Instagram handle. Okay. With a Y or an I, Baldwin. With an I, not okay. like a city. Okay. Well, thank you so so much um, for this conversation. I know it will encourage other women in many different ways, and thank you for being so honest and. Um, we just appreciate your time and your honesty. Ashley, anything else? Nope. I got to go. Baby's gone. <laughs> Perfect timing. And with that, there you go. <laughs> thank you for listening to the undelivered. We will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.